So, Tibbs, um, would you mind starting off just by introducing yourself, please? I would not mind. <laughs> um, so, hi, everyone. My name is Tibbs. I am um, 25 years old. Uh, I live in Cotton. Uh, I like desserts. Um, and um, up until very recently, I was actually working uh, for Woodlands Church um, as a creative and worship apprentice, um, creative ministry and worship ministry apprentice. Uh, I've been doing that for the last two years. Um, so normally apprenticeships are one year. I'm not quite sure how I wrangled that. But uh, eventually they realized that the contract was only supposed to be a year. And so they were like, oh, okay, fair enough. Um, so uh, I yeah, spent this past year, uh, past two years um, helping to kind of create and, and release a sort of creative ministry, find artists, put on events, uh, just create opportunities to connect, form community. Uh, I've also been helping out a lot with the worship, particularly in the past year, um, in the sort of transition between April, um, uh, April Ballard going off to plant a church with her husband uh, and Joe them truly taking over as worship pastor. We had a bit of an in-between year, yeah. Uh, she's amazing, so I got to work with her a lot this past year as well. And uh, yeah, it's been been fantastic. Amazing, thank you. Um, so, could you tell us a little bit how you first got involved in worship leading? Uh, in worship leading, so um, I have always absolutely loved worship. Worship is my sort of number one passion, uh, and uh, I have loved it since I was a child. Um, I actually have memories of helping to lead worship when I was about eight years old uh, in a little Baptist church over in um, St. Leonard's on Sea in Hastings near Bournemouth, uh, no, near Eastbourne. Um, and I don't know why they let an eight-year-old sing on the worship team, but they did, and I loved it. Uh, and sort of since then, I'd always sort of be involved in whichever various sort of churches, worship groups that we would be a part of. Uh, when I was about 15, 16 years old, I found out that there was a worship school that I could go to uh, and learn a bit more about worship. And so I said, sign me up. And so when I was 18 years old, I went off to a place called Nexus, which is a worship school up by Coventry. Um, and I spent three wonderful years getting a degree in worship. You can get a degree in worship now. I know. Insane. Um, <laughs> and I mean, I don't know what you can do with it, but uh, <laughs> I'm, doing <my> <laughs> I'm doing my best at the moment. I'm doing my best. Uh, so I had a wonderful three years um, really pressing into um, the sort of uh, theology of worship the practicalities of how we do it just sort of the musical side of things uh, but what I really loved was just um, digging into what scripture says about worship um, getting to sort of practice it at my local church as well um, and then uh, as I was sort of doing this degree some people said you know you could actually maybe even have a bit of a career in worship and I said nah that's impossible uh, but after that, I then managed to um, get a, a sort of another an apprenticeship straight out of uh, university with a church in France, uh, part of the Elam Pentecostal movement. Uh, so I moved out to France for two years, uh, and I worked uh, with them again with their worship and creative ministry, helping to lead their worship, relâcher um, les uh, artistes, which was a lot of fun. Yeah, I know that's like one phrase that I learned, uh, which means to unleash the artists, which sounds more violent than it was I promise uh, I had a really fantastic two years out there as well uh, and then COVID happened oh. uh, and so I had to come back to the UK um, and that's when I came back to Bristol my family were in Bristol at the time um, and I got plugged in at Woody's and so I started leading worship there so it, really my worship leading journey has begun from a very young age and I just kind of really loved it and then eventually some people were like you know if you really love it you could actually just you know pursue it study it yeah, absolutely work in it yeah that's epic thank you um 
so to a lot of us, uh, when we think about worship, we just think about the act of worship, the act of singing on a Sunday morning or a Sunday evening. Um, what does the word worship mean to you? Oh, so many. How long have you guys got? Do you normally, you go to like nine o'clock, right? Is that, yeah, okay, great. Um, <laughs> I, so worship means it's just everything to me and um, therefore it has to mean more than singing because apparently I can't sing 24-7, although I do try. Uh, worship is as much um, a kind of way of living, a way of communicating with God and with the people around you as it is a sort of sung 20-30 minutes um, segment on a Sunday. Um, the word worship literally comes from the sort of phrase like worth-ship, to it. so the thing that you ascribe worth to. Um, so it's not exclusively to God, you can worship anything, you can worship, you know, dessert, apparently. Um, <laughs> you can worship, you know, celebrities, you can worship your, your job, you can worship, you can ascribe worth uh, to anything that you think is really valuable, it's going to give you meaning and purpose in life and connection. Um, and so for me, uh, I chose uh, when I was sort of very young that I was going to let worship mean me giving as much of my life as I could uh, to God, um, whether that was through just the things I say uh, or the things that I sing or in the way that I act, trying to act um, in a Christ-like manner, um, being compassionate, being generous. Uh, ultimately, worship is a two-sided thing. It is the yeah, ascribing of worth, uh, but there's also a very sacrificial element to it as well. Um, worship is uh, or the true worship is often uh, costly worship, something that um, we're really having to give something away of ourselves. Um, you know, if you worship your job, then you're giving away your time, um, your sort of uh, right to just chill at home and do nothing uh, in order to, to um, worship this thing. If you worship uh, a celebrity, then you're going to give up your money and your plane tickets to go and follow them around the world. And, um, and so worship is often costly. And so even in times when it is costly, I've sort of chosen to let worship be just, again, that number one thing um, of choosing with every action, with every moment, with every thought even, uh, those ones are especially hard, uh, to, to give it all to God and to say that um, he is worthy, worth shit, uh, of my everything. Yeah. And why do you think it is that we, the church, uh, put it to music? Why do we sing, do you think? Well, I we the church we we put it to music because for one we're quite good at music I've found like historically you know the church has come out with some some absolute bangers and we're going to hear some of them a bit later uh, <laughs> and um, but also it, in many ways it's the it's the easy kind of feel good element of worship um, music has inherent power um, and you know there's a quote somewhere I can't remember who said it but like. Um, or a quote about songs, so music put to words. That's, you know, song, um, words make us think a thought, and music makes us feel a feeling, and then song makes us feel a thought. And so in, in, it's talking about the kind of power that song has uh, to really translate something from just a kind of like mental knowledge or like, oh, yeah, I know that, yeah, God is supposedly a father, and so, but then when you actually sing of his fatherhood, of how he, he chases after us, how, how he protects us and loves us and only wants what's best for us, it goes in deeper. Um, it becomes a, a, 
an inherent knowledge that our soul knows. And, and so there is a power in music, um, and, you, and you'll see that outside of the church as well. And so when the church sings, um, it can be a very uplifting thing, it can be a very restorative thing, and um, just a very emotional thing, regardless of sort of who or, or, what, um, who or where you're from. And so therefore, we can kind of think, oh, well, because it's this powerful thing, that's probably where the majority of worship is found. Um, but actually, true worship, um, in Scripture, it says that um, um, true worship is in spirit and in truth. Um, and that is a thing that has to be worked out in our lifetimes. Um, it, um, the very first time that Scripture speaks of the word worship, the first time it appears is uh, in the story of Abraham and Isaac, um, when uh, Abraham is told that he must sacrifice his one and only son um, give a gift to him by God um, that he must sacrifice him um, in order to, um, yeah, give honor on to God. Um, and there's no music involved in that one. Uh, there's no, you know, lights and fog machines anywhere. Uh, it's just God saying, I want you to be willing to give me everything, even if it's the thing you hold most dear. Um, and so I think that it's, we've, we've ascribed worship to music because it's the thing that feels powerful and sort of hits our emotions perhaps the most potently. Um, but actually in scripture, worship has always been about something infinitely more. Um, there may be some of us in in church that struggle with worship mm. because either they don't feel they can't they can sing so they have nothing to offer. What would you say to people that have that mindset that of, of struggling to sort of worship in in, in a church context? Um, yeah, so everyone at some point will struggle with worship. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about it in this, so there's kind of these two contexts, you've got the scattered and gathered, which is kind of what we were talking about earlier, so you've got worship that happens out just in the world, in our own lives, and then we've got the corp corporate, <laughs> I've read too many textbooks about worship, uh, the collective uh, experience of worship, which is when we gather together, we sing, we listen to someone preach, and all those things. Um, this gathered context can be quite challenging for a lot of different reasons. Um, sometimes it's just doesn't make sense. Um, the thing about church people having done worship for a long time is that we forget that we've done it for a long time, but not everyone else has. And then sometimes our language, uh, the, even the style of, of the songs uh, becomes quite difficult to access from someone who's coming at it um, from a um, non-church sort of church background. Uh, so it can just be inex inaccessible. It can be uh, to a taste that's not to one's liking. Um, and all those reasons, or just people are just yeah using words that are really hard to access. Um, other reasons it can be really hard um, are just that actually in a mom in moments that are really hard in our lives, when actually out sort of there in the world, there's just a lot going on, and it's quite heavy and it's quite hard to then come and just saying you know, praise God from whom all blessings flow. Or like you know, it's quite tr tricky. Um, and really, and can be quite hard to engage with because actually, like I said earlier, music has a power to uh, influence our emotions. But if your emotions are just so um, far away from from what the music is trying to evoke, then you get this real tension and a really um, 
yeah, difficult experience that um, actually I think is always a good thing to wrestle with, to kind of try and use the moments of corporate worship uh, to wrestle with that, to wrestle with God, to say, God, I'm really struggling right now. I'm not entirely sure just what you expect of me. Um, how can I worship you when this is happening? How can I worship you when this, I've lost this, when I've been disappointed by this, when this person's hurt me? Um, and actually, as we work with God, he opens our eyes and reveals things to us. Um, and often that happens most powerfully in these kind of collective moments because you're surrounded by people who are all doing the same thing, which is just trying to connect with God, communicate with God. Um, and, and, you know, the Holy Spirit moves sort of powerfully in those moments um, as well. Um, so, there, yeah, there's a lot of reasons why people might struggle. If you feel like you're someone who struggles as well, do talk to someone about it, um, one of the leaders here, or just a trusted friend. Um, if it's the sort of first reason of you just have no idea what anyone's talking about, uh, then, you know, you should talk to someone, but also church, get a bit more accessible <laughs> as well and sort of be a bit clearer in our, we need to be clearer in our language as well. Yes. Awesome. Thank you. Okay, so we're now going to go into the time of the Q&A. So if you have any questions for Tibbs or any general statements around worship, please do pop them on. The QR code is at the top. Uh, as usual, using the hashtag evening service. We're just going to shift some lights around because apparently we're quite dark. Oh, really? So just, Will, you stay there, Will. Oh, okay. Oh, this is exciting. I feel like I'm on like a TV set or something. Like, need those big white, like, reflective ones. It was a dark, cold night. I'm sorry, it's really cold. Actually, I'm sorry. I won't do that. <laughs> these, are, these are strong, strong suggestions. I'm absolutely loving this. Okay, so as you can see, we have our poll up. Um, what is the greatest worship song of all time? Um, I'm not going to put my answer up there. I'm going to... You tell you instead, it, yeah. but Tibbs, first of all, mm -hmm. would you like to answer this question for us? <laughs> As the expert in the room. <laughs> Remember when I just said I was dedicating my whole life to like loving work, and you expect me to just come up with one answer? <laughs> Can I come up with one from each like year? Or oh, yeah. Like, each or, decade. Yeah, yeah, each decade. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's worship song of all time. Oh, I like adoration. Yeah. Cornerstone is so strong as well. Yeah. I love Cornerstone. Um, oh, and Christ Hot alone. You, oh. How do you, I love the like sort of <laughs> really reflective ones that you know like work quite great in a communion song as well. Um, I'm gonna say. Okay, it's a toss up between. Um, before the throne of God above, Ooh, which we are out. actually. I have included it in nice. my set, so yeah. sorry. I just love, love it. Uh, and uh, does anyone know Revelations? <laughs> oh, hello. Uh, Revelation <laughs> song? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's, you're right, you're right. That's good. I'm just going to squint at you all a little bit. Yes, right. Yes, yeah. Light of the world. <laughs> right. Is that good? Are we, are we a bit better? Can we, you got, yeah. Okay. 
<laughs> yeah, we'll all have to get our torches out in a minute yeah. and just do a... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ooh, in um, Christ Alone. Lord of yeah. the Dance. Yes, Revelation song, good. Lord of the Dance. I did Lord of the Dance a few, only a few months ago at Woody's. Uh, it, it got a mixed reaction. <laughs> but I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Okay. There we go. Everyone loved it. Everyone loved it. It was great. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, there were some people who were like a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> these are fantastic. You yeah. guys have got a really strong, strong worship repertoire. This is so. Good. I think my answer would be "Oceans" by Hillsong. Oh. Just oh. that. Yeah. That song is just. Incredible. Oh, why didn't I put that in tonight's set? Oh, dear. Anyway, I am and, open to suggestions. So. Um, Christmas-wise, because obviously Chris, yeah. Christmas songs come yeah. into... I know, oh, don't, yeah, don't, I'm, not, I'm not mentioning the C word, but um, Tesco's do have already got their Christmas things on the shelves already. It's, it's not okay. Reindeer. But yeah, my yeah. favourite Christmas song yeah. is um, Oh Holy Night. Ooh, I know, right? It's, yes. it's the one song I sing every oh. year. I, Oh, Holy Night. Have you seen yeah. the Pentatonics? Yes. Oh, it, yeah. It's just. glorious. Oh, you're getting me excited for Christmas now. I'm going to go by <laughs> Tesco's on my way home. Uh, anyway, sorry. Sorry, 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 sorry. sidetracked. Awesome. Okay, so... Have you ever put So Will I as well? Strong. Yeah, Love that So one. Will I. Okay, so... Um, what do you think of the song we sang this morning, Crushed by God Above? How much bad theology do we sing? Oh, there's a heavy. Wow. Um, Do I know that one? I, I sang this morning and I don't remember this. Uh, yeah. I, I've never heard of I this mean, song. I mean, I guess, take out the, that specific example. But, okay, um, bad theology. Yeah, mm. it, it, are there songs where we think, actually, yeah. we, don't, we, yeah. we shouldn't be singing this, this isn't giving us the right message. Right. So, kind of hearkening back to what I was saying about the power of, of music, of song, to... Um, almost sort of bypass the kind of mental um, knowledge and frameworks and, and just get straight to the heart of something. Um, yeah, songs are inherently powerful, I believe, as a, as a sort of musician. And that's why, um, you know, people, like people, everyone loves music. Um, but actually, when you listen to a lot of the wrong kind of music, um, or, or sorry, I won't say right or wrong. When you listen to a lot of certain kinds of music, you will find that it really impacts the way that you think and the way that you live and what you believe to be true. Um, so the same applies for well, same applies for all songs and applies for songs that maybe have dubious theology. Um, in that, actually, because of the inherent power of song, it, it's dangerous because it is te it teaches people. Songs have the power to teach people theology, to teach people scripture, um, and so you can actually inherently start teaching people to believe the wrong thing. Um, now, I, d I am sometimes careful with this question because what one person considers to be bad theology might actually just be another person's just, you know, slightly poor lyric, lyrical choice. Um, and I think sometimes we can confuse the two and then get very anti a song that's just a bit poor lyrically, but actually the theology is not that bad. Um, 
and then and then also vice versa and that we can be like oh but i really love the way that this song makes me feel and so therefore we can just do it even though it's got terrible theology uh so we want to be just careful um that we don't let our own first these stylistic preferences just be influencing um whether or not we think a song has got terrible theology uh but we do need to be really careful and it's often the role of um you know the pastors the worship leader to be stewarding um almost like yeah the hearts of their congregation what is it that they're teaching them through these songs what is it that what are the lessons that we're going to retain from them yeah yeah, nice. Thank yeah you. great question and if yeah. anyone has a link to crushed by god above yeah i'd love to hear it <laughs> uh, yeah how should we worship when we're not feeling like worshiping great question really good question whoever wrote that i love you um, <laughs> how should we we should worship in spirit and in truth. And what I found to be true about that, um, that verse from scripture um, is that as long as worship is one or both of those things, you're probably doing something all right. Um, what it doesn't say is we must worship jovially and with our hands in the air at all times. Um, and so I found that actually when you don't feel like worship, again, you know, good to just know why. Is it just, oh, I'm a bit sleepy because it's nine o'clock in the morning and I just kind of need to wake up a bit? Uh, or is it, you know, again, that I'm in a dark place right now, things are not going really well? Or it might just even be a place of, I'm just really questioning, God, where are you? Are you even real? Are you there? Like, if, I, if I'm, am I worshiping nothing? It's okay to, to wonder those things and to think those things. Um, but what we do is that we worship in spirit and in truth. So first of all, we... Um, remind ourselves of what is true. We remind ourselves of what scripture says about who God is. Um, and then we ask the Holy Spirit to reveal something new to us about God. We ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to us the root of our discomfort, the root of, of this worry or this, um, or this confusion or just doubt as well. Uh, and we ask the Spirit to just, yeah, meet with us in that moment. And the thing is, that the Spirit, he meets us where we're at. Uh, we don't have to do all the hard leg work. He did that 2,000 years ago. Uh, and what we can do is just be completely honest and authentic with God um, and say, Lord, I'm really not in a good place right now, but I'm going to make the choice. Uh, I'm going to choose to worship you because, again, it is often more often than not, it's action over song. Uh, I'm going to choose to worship you um, and I'm going to invite your spirit um, to just just speak something into me, to move in me. Um, and actually, I've often found that it's those kind of moments where I'm just, I'm at my last legs and I'm really not ready to worship or feel like worshiping. Um, and I'm maybe even like just a bit angry at God for things he's, he's well, I, I think that he's done or that I've ascribed to him. Um, but actually, I've just said, this is where I'm at, God. I'm going to be completely authentic with you because you are completely true and authentic. Um, and he loves that, and he meets us there, and we go from that place onwards. Nice, thank you. Ooh, why don't we have a more diverse genre of songs for worship? I was trying to come up with a question like this, so thank you, whoever wrote this question. But yeah, what? This is worship such songs an interesting are fairly question. samey in church, right? Well. <laughs> I guess I'm just going to throw the question back at you guys and and Claire and Sally. Like, why haven't you got a more diverse range of worship in your church? Hmm? Anyway, nice. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. The thing I is, there is a very very diverse range of worship out there. I have been to heavy metal church. 
It rocks. It's so good. Yeah. I know. There's one uh, revolution up in um, Swindon. Anyway, sorry. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's fun. Uh, you know, go out to Tennessee, get some country worship. There actually exists worship in every genre. Um, and yes, maybe the contemporary or modern church does seem to be fairly stuck on Hillsong and Bethel. Um, which, yeah, actually, if you want a more diverse genre in worship, go out and look for it. One, I promise you it's there. Send it to your church leaders and say, you know what, there's actually real anointing on this. Uh, and especially if you want to grow as a more diverse church as well, um, you know, like I said, sometimes the thing that stops people from worshiping is the inaccessibility of it, which often can be uh, the style of worship. Like, obviously, there's stylistic preference, but then there's also just, you know, you can't expect necessarily lots of um, people in their 20s and 30s to go to maybe like a high Catholic church where all they sing is stuff in Latin. Uh, and in that same way, it's just you're going to draw people in because they're hearing things that are familiar to them. Uh, I'll say this really quickly, um, and then we can go on to the next question. But um, you might have heard of the verse. It happens, tw uh, it occurs twice in, I think it's Colossians and Hebrews, the sort of, you know, we sing um, sort of psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs um, when we meet together in, in worship. And uh, what it's actually talking about is the sort of words that are used for this. It's, it's three separate categories, psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. When it's saying psalms, it doesn't just refer to the book of psalms. It's referring to all scriptural song. Um, so it includes, you know, the songs in, in Genesis, Miriam's song. It includes um, Song of Songs. You know, they, they sang the Song of Songs. I know. Uh, and, and then when you've got um, hymns, hymns actually didn't mean hymns as we know them today, <laughs> it meant uh, songs uh, that basically sounded like what you heard on the um, Zero AD radio. Uh, so things like um, anthems that you'd hear in the arenas, uh, sort of gladiator songs or like uh, songs you'd just hear out in the public um, and uh, or hear in like courts play in places like that. Um, it was just the contemporary music of the time. Um, so it would be tunes that everyone would know, but then ascribed sort of scriptural music, uh, scriptural words to it. And then spiritual songs was referring to the spontaneous, referring to the things that just come out when we gather and when the spirit is moving among us. Uh, and we just start singing out these songs that are joining with an ongoing chorus in heaven. I could go on, but I'm not going to. So uh, in that, I read that actually there is a necessity um, to be reading, so to be listening to songs and singing songs that actually sound a bit like the culture around us. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, I, I personally don't think that there is a genre that God hates. <laughs> I think that every genre can be in many ways almost redeemed by um, bringing God into it, bringing a sort of freshness from the Holy Spirit into it. So, yeah, sorry, that's my little, Good little thing. Good answer, love that. Um, <laughs> We're probably going to move on in a few minutes, but one last question. Um, oh, there yes. you go. Do yes. you think tambourine... Yes. Brilliant, yes. Full stop, yes. Um, I have used the tambourine multiple times, and again, I think I've used it during the Lord of the Darts, actually, which was maybe the controversial bit. I don't know. Anyway, uh, sorry. Next, yeah, we'll do you, one more. <laughs> uh, can you think of a song, just off the top of your head, that you would love to like bring into the church that is traditionally known from like outside the church? So I, uh, I heard an interview with someone, uh, a really influential church leader, and mm. he talked about how he used to listen to Adele and use it as worship. Mm. Yeah. 
uh, just if you spin some of her songs, it oh could yeah. be almost as if she's singing to God. Yeah. So can you think of any songs that you would love to introduce to the church? And if not, don't worry. There actually was an Adele song that I did. <laughs> I don't know if I can admit that here. Okay, I won't. Um, it was all... <laughs> Go on, do which it. Which one was it? It was... Um, uh, if it comes to me, I'll, I'll let you know later. But there was an Adele song that actually had lyrics very similar to a worship song. And I kind of... Anyway. Um... But yes, uh, well, so I. <laughs> Sorry, put you on the spot, haven't I? <laughs> so there is. So like I said, there's a lot of diverse worship music already. Uh, I mean, there are millions and millions and millions of worship songs out there, um, and there's a lot of um, movements that are um, using. Uh, whether it be sort of gospel, sort of modern gospel. Uh, there's, obviously, I've got to mention stuff like Maverick City are doing some amazing things on the worship scene at the moment. There's a similar team called People and Song who've got some fantastic songs out there. Um, and so actually, even just some of those, uh, bringing that into the church would be amazing. Um, I read a book um, by an author whose name escapes me, but it was called Broken Hallelujahs. And it actually was talking about how a lot Almost all worship, uh, sorry, all music, worship and non non Christian music, uh, is in some way a kind of broken hallelujah. Everything is kind of crying out for God, um, crying out for a savior, um, but is maybe just <laughs> misinterpreting it as crying out for money or sex or whatever. Um, and actually, when we see music not as you know that's the devil's music and that's the Lord's music, but actually it's all just broken hallelujahs, um, all reaching and crying out for God, um, then it enables a bit of, a bit, again, more accessibility to these things. Um, obviously, you don't want to blur the line too much between basically like what you might hear at a Coldplay concert and a worship set, although actually they they do quite sound similar. Um, but like, you know, if you, if you started singing, if so particularly I found this actually in some youth contexts as well. If you do start singing something that just sounds like the latest Bieber album, then they'll react like they're in a Bieber concert. And actually you are wanting to steward a holy environment as well. Um, and so there has been times when we've actually had to sort of stop and be like, okay, guys, like this isn't a concert. This is, we're actually trying to do something here with the Lord. Um, and so, but that's just takes a bit of stewarding and shuffling around and yeah. 